glad you joined us for New Hope's Sermon of the Week. For more resources, be sure to contact newhopecom.org. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Oh, it's good. So we have, if you are new, you're coming in on the tail end of something that we have been talking about for some weeks now. So I'm going to be kind of doing a little bit of a recap for us this morning quickly, just bringing us up to speed. And today is really an exciting day um, to put into practice what we've been talking about. So it's a great opportunity. We can learn all this stuff, hear all these things, but rubber meets the road. Are we willing to step out in faith or not? You know, so, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, you know, really we spent a lot of time talking about mindsets um, because that's usually where it starts, right? The old book, The, the Battle is in Your Mind. Um, so much of what we get stuck in in life are our own mindsets or limiting beliefs. So we've been going after some of that stuff. And really what we're believing and praying into is that all of us as individuals pick up this uh, concept of a prosperous mentality in life and actually start living out of a belief system that we're prosperous-minded people. Because, you know, if we get this down in our finances, it translates to every area of our life. You know, you don't want to be poverty-minded in your marriage. You don't want to be poverty-minded in your finances. You don't want to be poverty-minded with your relationships in life either. All of this stuff we're talking about carries over to every area of our life. So I tell you, when we start getting it fully as a people, the roof's going to blow off this place. There's going to be a room full of prosperous mentality people. People with prosperous spirits are people who change the world. Um, Really, it really is true. So if we want to go up to the first uh, chart here, we've been talking about a poverty spirit versus a prosperous spirit. Or sometimes I like saying more of a poverty mentality versus a prosperous mentality. Um, we blame a lot of things on the Spirit that sometimes are, are our own problems. And God is saying, no, don't blame that on me. That's you. That's your mindset. You, that's your limiting belief. Um, so I really believe that. So we talk about, like a po- if you have a poverty spirit in life, you always feel like you're swimming upstream. You're always going against the current. You believe that God wants life to be hard. You know, know, maybe we grew up with that. God, life should be hard. You got to carry your rugged cross. And grr, it's tough. It's supposed to be hard. It was hard when we were young. It's going to be hard for you too. You know, or all that. A poverty mentality sees lack and never has enough. Life is a constant struggle. In every area, it's a constant struggle. Money's the boss of me. So money controls me when I have a poverty spirit or mentality, and we hold on to it. We hoard money. That's a poverty mentality. A prosperous spirit or prosperous mentality believes we are in the flow. We're flowing in God's favor and blessing on our life. It's huge. With this mentality, you actually believe God is good, not just because the Bible says it, but you believe it You've experienced it. You see the goodness of God all around us. I mean, it's everywhere. You see abundance. You see opportunities. Things start opening up in front of you. Doors start to open. Life is good, and it's an adventure. It's not just a constant struggle, but God meant for life to be good and for you to reap the fruit of your labor and to prosper in all respects. A prosperous mentality believes, I, knows that I am the boss of my money. 
I have dominion over my finances. We talked about a car driving down the road over potholes all the time, and it's like, oh man, this is the worst ride ever. You can't even look to the side or enjoy the view because you're just pothole riddled road right in front of you is just taking all of your attention. And you can't, like the, and I compared it to the, I, I love on Facebook, you see the image of the drone flying out over the mountains of Norway or something, big, huge cliffs, and you see such an expansiveness in front of you and beauty. And that's like a, a prosperous spirit sees that. It can look out and it can look over the goodness of God and it can see opportunities that are out there. And it sees a vastness. And that's being the boss of your money. We have dominion over our finances. We're supposed to. Prosperous spirit sows and it gives generously. It does the opposite of a poverty mentality, which you just hoard onto it. So prosperous people know that the key to life and happiness is sowing and a generous lifestyle. You know, we have some of the richest people in our society that are committed to giving away most of their wealth because they've achieved something and they know that the most fulfillment in life comes from giving away, building foundations, sowing and investing. Uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. Harold Eberly, I love the definition that Harold shared with us on what a prosperous soul is. To have within oneself the faith, truth, correct thinking, perspective, and attitudes which produce success in life. That's a prosperous soul. It's like a combined combination of our thinking, of our understanding of God, of our perspective in the world that produces success in life. I believe God is a God who, like any good father or mother, wants to see their children succeed in life. Right? What parent doesn't want their kids to go far in life and to you know, find a good spouse, to produce some grandchildren, all the things that should be benefits, right, of all the hard work of you being parents. Um, we talked last week, like I, I firmly believe that the foundation of all of this is seeking first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, yeah. We live according to a new kingdom. I shared that it was a two weeks ago. This week, the end of this coming week, I'll be in Israel. And we're doing a trip there. It's like a fun sightseeing historical trip. And I'm going there and I'm going to acclimate to the rules of Israel because I'm in their kingdom. You know, I don't bring all of my ways of doing things there. I'm going to stick out and have a miserable time. You know, they have a currency. They have certain food they like to eat. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm acclimating to that. It's the same thing when we come to know Jesus. We come into the kingdom of God. We live by those rules and laws and principles, you know. And, you know, we don't impose ourselves. Or, you know, when we come to know Jesus, we're a new creation. We start to think differently. The things that we used to say don't work anymore. We don't say those things anymore. The ways we used to act, we don't act like that anymore because we're part of a new kingdom. We're serving a, a new God. So seeking first the kingdom of God and having all these things added to us. We talked last week about Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce. So, so that, I love this, you don't just, he didn't just give a command but it's so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I mean, and it didn't say grape juice. It said wine. You know? So, anyways, that's for another week. I'm really poking the hornet's nest for some people. So, yeah, honor the Lord from, the fir from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. 
you know, we don't just give in the kingdom what's left over. We don't just pay all our bills and take care of ourselves, and then if there's five bucks left, well, we're going to give that to advance the kingdom. That's how we thought before we were believers. In the kingdom of God, we prioritize it. It doesn't just happen on its own. We honor the Lord from the first of our wealth. That brings us into this divine flow of blessing over your life. And I, I am, you just would have to try it. Just try it and test us in that. So we don't just give what's left over, but the first of our income. We prioritize the kingdom of God in our finances. That's part of every area of our lives coming under the lordship of Jesus. You know, I love how we'll do everything else. We have all the prophetic words. We want to see big things happen for our lives. But in this area, there can be a complete disconnect. And you are limiting yourself. And a lot of the things you see for yourself are not going to happen because very basic steps of obedience haven't been taken. So we really want to see that break through. We talked last week, too, about it's all about heart. There used to be an old song called that. It's all about heart. We ultimately give because it's in our hearts. That as we mature and as we grow over time as believers, we don't just sow anymore to get a return, but we give because it's in our hearts, because we've developed lives of generosity. Uh, I firmly believe in the law of sowing and reaping. That works if, even if you're not a Christian. It's a principle of this world that God instilled in creation that if you sow, you're going to reap. Farmers know that. They don't waste their time sowing if they don't think they're going to get a return. Farmers are expecting a harvest. And they know when the harvest is going to happen. So they're sowing, expecting it. Um, so, but I love that. It really all comes down to issues of our heart. It's, it's huge. And I think probably, um, maybe one of the most important scriptures in the New Testament is relating to giving is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. You know, we're not just limited to percentage points anymore in the kingdom. It's about our hearts. And, you know, what, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. You should give as you've decided in your heart. It's a great test for each of us. Um, I showed this, I got some great accolades on my pyramid development here in PowerPoint. So I'm going to put this one up here. Um, so this is what it looks like for generosity before we come to know Christ. So Sarah, if we could put that, oh, thank you. So when we come to, before we know Christ, this is kind of how our lives, this is a reflection of our heart. All, everything is spending, right? We kind of take care of ourselves. I mean, it was nice when you were single and you had all the nice stuff and then you got married. I was like, oh, now we're in a relationship. We were talking with friends yesterday and I remember a dear friend here who's been here many years was, uh, came to this church in the 90s with a Camaro. You know, he pulled in here with a Camaro and then got married and the wife said, you know what? If we're either going to want to live in our car or we're going to really want to build a life together. Well, you know what? It was in his heart to please his wife. He sold the Camaro and they actually ended up getting married and living a, a good life and they're still here. Not that you can't have Camaros. I'm a big fan of great cars. If you want to have a great car, go for it. Um, but that's kind of like, see how the heart changes when you come into relationship? Your heart expands, like what Ralph was saying this morning that our God, our capacity to love grows in the kingdom. So spending, saving, if there's anything left, we're going to save. And if there's anything left over beyond taking care of myself, I might give and I might sow. And I might give my money to some cause. So that's kind of what it looks like before Christ. Let's do the other one. I think when we come to know the kingdom, God flips that model around. He says, no, 
He's like, your life should be based on generosity and on giving, and then you should be saving, and then you should be spending. Um, I think that is more of a picture we see through the New Testament of what our life looks like in the kingdom of God. That our life, our heart, reflects generosity above all else. It, it, it reflects taking care of other people, seeing the kingdom of God advance, seeing new people come to Christ, seeing your children raised and trained like what they're going to be this morning. I mean, those are the things that start to take our heart. Um, and then we also want to be saving and investing for the future and spending. But we don't want to be so bogged down with the cares of the world that we can't do any of the others, right? I mean, we can be so full, have our plate so full with bills and houses and cars and all that stuff's great, but if that, that has captured our heart above the others, then we have not fully come into alignment with the kingdom of God and his purposes. So, so I would challenge us a little bit in that area. Last week also, I threw out this starting point. Um, this is not new. I didn't develop it, but I think it's a very helpful starting point if you're new into this. There's many people here who have been doing this for years or as a starting point. But for if you've never given, if you've never set aside portions of your income, you're like, how do I even get started? Well, this is a great starting point. We call it the 10-10-80 plan. I think that goes back many years. It's a great starting point. You know, you make $500 in a week, you set aside $50 to sow into the kingdom. You save $50, 10% of the 500, to save and to invest so you have retirement, so that you can leave an inheritance to your children, or whatever you want to do with it. And then you have the 80% left over to spend and to pay bills. Like, that's a good starting point. Like I said before, we're not limited to percentages in the kingdom of God. I love it. We had a friend, uh, Joe McIntyre, who spoke here years ago. He said, in the new covenant, you're not limited to 10% anymore. You know, it's like, I like that. I like that thinking, honestly. But this is a good starting point. 10% of your income, you give and you sow. First, it says, honor the Lord from the first of your wealth. 10% you save and invest is a minimum, I would say, uh, but it's a great starting point. And then 80% you have left over to spend on your bills. And the 10% is just to start something. And then God starts working on your heart and you start doing offerings and meeting other needs because there's such a flow of generosity that's coming out of your life as our life is being conformed to his and where our minds are being renewed. You know, I like to say that uh, generosity is a symptom of a renewed mind. You know, it's, it's a symptom of a renewed mind. So we talked about that. And, you know, if you're in a point where, you know, I love the honest testimony Jim shared. You know, a lot of people, we feel like that. You know, credit cards have gotten big. You know, we've got some school debt. We've got other things. Um, how do I get out of that? And how do I even get started here? Well, we have Sue Moon uh, is going to be actually launching Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's course. Yeah. On, oh, I, someone's clapping. Yeah. Um, on April 8th, it's the week after Easter, it's going to run for nine weeks, so there will be more details on that to come soon. They're going to be meeting Sundays before the service at 9 o'clock here, and there's even a video, I think an online uh, course that you take during the week to prepare you for what you're going to come in and meet together with. Sue is someone you can learn a lot from in this area. I'm telling you, Sue's got this stuff. Um, so it will practically help you move in that direction, and I mean, it will produce breakthrough in your life. And if you need help on how do I pay off debt, how do I, there's, there's great techniques to start using to start whittling down debt. So get help. I mean, we went through that years ago. I mean, this is helpful stuff. Right. 
So you'll, you'll hear more on that, but it's Financial Peace University. Sue Moon's going to be kind of bringing a class through it. Um, don't miss that opportunity. It, it is helpful. Um, so today, I just want to hit a few fun principles here before I turn it over to Joy, who's going to lead us in where we're going. Um, but here's the beauty, is that, again, giving flows out of the abundant joy we receive in Christ. It flows out of the heart. There's a great um, story in 2 Corinthians 8, and I won't read it, but it's Paul sharing about the Macedonians and how they came together to meet a need. And they were, it says that they were all, that this was the church coming together to give. They were so filled with abundant joy, he says, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. That's Paul talking about. It's like, awesome. That's the heart behind kingdom giving, is that they gave, they were excited to give. We see in Exodus 36, a great story of them building the tabernacle. And, you know, Bezalel and other people were collecting gold and things, and people were bringing gold to put forth to build the sanctuary. And uh, at one point, people were bringing so much to meet the need that Moses had to get up and say, okay, tell everybody to stop. We can't handle any more. The people were so behind it. Like, we, we you know, they just, it was so much joy, so much excitement. And I think that's a great picture of what it looks like with the people of God and the heart that God has given us uh, as we, you know, are part of the kingdom of God. Our heart starts to grow. We get excited about that type of stuff. Giving flows out of the abundant joy we receive in Christ. The next one, giving allows the impossible to become possible. And I'm reading off of notes, which I think went out to everybody today. So if you have the little, when you came in this morning, you've got a little bulletin, you have these. So if you want to kind of follow along with me, you don't have to write it all down furiously. Although you can if you like, you retain more of what you write than what you read. So feel free. Um, this is a great picture of Matthew 14. A little boy offered Jesus just some loaves and fishes. We all know the story. Jesus took something. It says, and he gave thanks, and there was a huge multiplication. You know, thanksgiving precedes multiplication in the kingdom of God. When we're thankful, God does supernatural stuff with what we give him. Like, do we believe that seeds in the hand, I mean, God multiplies that? It is so true. It is so true. So giving allows the impossible to become possible. We talked, Joy talked last week a little bit about supernatural. And, you know, this is a church. We believe in the supernatural. There's prophecy. There's, God told us to go out and heal the sick, not just pray for them, heal them. You know, there's supernatural in the kingdom of God. Uh, hearing the voice of God is supernatural. Praying for people and stepping out in faith to believe for healing Amen. takes supernatural faith to do that. Amen. Faith is supernatural. We're believing in something that we don't see, right? Because we're so confident of the God we serve that we're stepping out. Well, giving is supernatural. I think sometimes we forget that too. It's like we're giving and watch God exponentially multiply it. So it's a supernatural thing. Giving also reflects our hearts. Uh, um, and we all know this scripture probably from Matthew 6.21, that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So there's something about the practice of generosity in our lives that starts to orient our hearts towards God and toward the direction of God. 
It's, a, it's just something that happens. As we grow in it, we discover great joy in meeting the needs that, are, that God puts in our path. We have great joy in using our money to produce things that are life-changing, not just spending it on ourselves, but on something so much bigger, big causes, big purpose, the kingdom of God, seeing the kingdom advance all over the earth. I mean, we're part of a winning team. We just get to fund the expansion of God's government all over the earth. How fun is that? I mean, to see lives change, to, to be a light in our workplaces, to see raise up our kids to be the next generation of people that are going to change the world, that's what we're sowing into. God won. I mean, we just get to expand the government of God all over the earth. It's awesome. Um, so, giving reflects our hearts. If we hoard money, it reflects fear that's in our heart. There's a reason. You know, um, if we hoard it, we need to ask why. If we have a hard time giving, we need to ask why. Uh, it reflects something that's in our heart. If we spend our money on everything except giving and advancing the kingdom of God, then it shows, okay, we obviously haven't prioritized this yet in our life. So it's just something to take to the Lord and say, okay, maybe this is not an area that is, I'm not seeing this reflected, you know, yet. But it's like, you can start today. God's mercies are new every morning. That's the beauty of it. There's no shame in it. I love how Ralph started the whole service. There's no shame in the kingdom of God. You know, it's about like today forward. God is not reminding you of your past. He's reminding you of where you're going. He's laid out a great future and a vision for each of us. We just want to start going there now. One, one of the greatest things I've been hearing about is, like, even some of the stuff, if you missed last week, you might want to go back and, and listen to it. I shared some very, very, very practical things about investing and investing for the future and just um, even how money compounds over time and things. But one of the great things is, like, hearing people in their 50s and 60s saying, you know, okay, I can't, I don't have 40 years, maybe, to reap the benefits of money that sits and multiplies but I can think for the next generation. That is wisdom. And that is huge. Like, we talked about it with several people here last time. You're in your 50s, 60s. Well, I never heard this stuff when I was in my 20s. That's okay. But you know what? I heard people saying, you know what? I'm going to do that, set aside money for my grandchildren. And I'm going to take whatever, I mean, it's going to sit in there for 40 years. They're going to benefit so much, I'll be long gone, but that's leaving an inheritance for your children's children. That is so wise. Like, I was blown away by hearing that. So, it's so beautiful that, you know, however this benefits, it might not be for you, it might be for the, it's all for the generations behind us, let's be honest. Everything we're doing is for that, but it's cool. So, giving reflects our hearts. The old adage that if you want to know where someone's heart is, look at the checkbook. It's true. What we spend our money on is where our heart goes. So, um, that's just something good to remember. Here's another one. Generous people prioritize giving. It didn't just happen. They don't have just more money than you have, you know, and they, you know, they have all this extra money to give. It, it was a priority. We talked about Proverbs 3, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce. You know, you may have a paper route if you're a young person, and you make $20 a week. We'll start taking $2 a week and sowing it into the kingdom. Put $2 a week aside for yourself and start saving that. Start doing those principles now. You will be so far ahead. So generous people prioritize giving. It doesn't just happen. 
Sowing and reaping is a kingdom activity, and I talked about this a little bit. We plant seeds expecting an exponential harvest. Um, and I also think one of the most important, greatest scriptures we can look at in the New Testament is 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly, and whoever sows generously reaps generously. This is a beautiful one because this doesn't just apply to our money. This applies to every area of our life. Whoever sows division is going to reap division. Whoever sows dissension is going to reap dissension. But whoever sows love is going to reap love. Whoever sows integrity is going to reap it. You know, whoever gets behind people and honors them, even if you don't fully agree, is going to reap honor. I mean, the principle applies to our whole life. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. So that's a powerful thing. So though, you know, it's just, uh, I'm excited about today on so many levels to see us as a people go to a whole new level of breakthrough in this area. Uh, Individually, if you listen to the things we've been talking about over the last three years, it will change your life. Uh, Actually, it won't just change your life by listening. It will change it by doing it. So I should, a little caveat there. Um, (laughs) If you will put it into practice, I'm telling you, um, if you prioritize, prioritize this in your life and you bring your money under Christ's lordship, you will get into this divine flow of blessing over your life. It is amazing. It changes your life. And uh, don't take my word for it. Try it for yourself. Um, that's my heart, is that I see us all come up to this whole new level. I mean, when the tide comes in, all the boats rise. Yeah, and you're going to see all the boats rise in here, and everybody's going to be doing well. Um, I am really praying for people that are out in the marketplace that you're successful, you know, because the kingdom needs you to be successful. You know, it needs you, the kingdom needs you to be an effective teacher wherever you're at. You know, whatever you're doing, the kingdom of God needs you to be successful and to be prosperous. Um, I love hearing people that are out there working and they have an idea and then they start this other thing on the side, start generating additional income. It, it moves the kingdom of God for, for, uh, farther, faster. You know, we can do more with resources. You know, we talked a lot in the first week about not, not having a negative attitude toward money because when you do, it repels you from it. But if we look at money as a tool and a blessing, it will bless our life. So, okay. So I want to turn it over to Joy at this point. Give Joy a round of applause. Yeah! Woo! After, after having led worship all morning, and, you know, it's like, do you have any voice left? I do. You, okay. I have my voice. Uh, so we, we are really excited about this day. We've never done this before. Um, I think that this probably will become an annual thing because it's so good. Um, Steve and I together have been talking over the last week about what we're going to give and what are we believing for breakthrough for. That was the harder part. We came up with what we were going to give easily, but then we were like, well, what's the thing that we're believing for breakthrough for? We had to talk it through and uh, figure out what we wanted to put out there before the Lord because this is a big deal, and we wanted to put something out there that was risky, we wanted to put something out there that wasn't going to happen anyway because that's cheating. <laughs> we, we believe that he can do things that uh, wouldn't look like they would happen anyway. So we put something out there that Steve actually said, well, that's not realistic. And I said, perfect. That's, that's what we'll do. 
<laughs> it took him a while to actually write it. I left the envelope for him this morning. I said, here it is. You fill out the thing. I'm going to let you figure out if you're ready to put it out there. So we put it out there. So we're taking risk today, just like you. And uh, we are believing for God to break through, like Steve said, for us, for each one of you guys individually, and for the people of New Hope and where God is calling us to go as a church body. Um, so this isn't something that we have really even felt nervous about introducing because we just felt like this is absolutely a good thing for the people to understand. Um, like Steve said, we are a supernatural culture here. And if someone comes to me and says, I don't know how to hear from God, how am I going to do that? Well, you know what? We're going to teach you how to do that. Step one, you're going to have to take a risk. Are you willing to put yourself out there and say to someone, I feel like God is saying X, Y, Z, and maybe get rejected or feel, feel embarrassed, or maybe the person says, no, I don't feel like that's actually right for me at all. There's a risk involved in learning how to hear from God, right? If someone says, well, I want to I see God heal people, we're going to say, okay, well, you're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to pray for someone who's sick. Are you, are you ready to do that? They may or may not be healed right in front of your eyes. It may be a process, a journey that takes longer than your one prayer. You might feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But you're going to have to take a risk. And you know what? You're probably going to have to pray for lots of sick people to see this breakthrough in your life. Well, in the same way, we're coming to you and saying, do you want to experience financial breakthrough in your life? Well, if you've never given before, you are holding back and hoarding and living from a poverty mentality, and you're not going to be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. That's not something that I have to apologize for because that's the way God designed it. <laughs> so God designed the kingdom in that way. You take a risk and you give in the same way you take a risk in every other supernatural thing that you're walking in, and you say, okay, I'm going to give this, and it feels scary, and I, God, I am believing that you're going to come through for me. So that's what we're asking you to do today, to take a risk, because it's worth it. Overcome the fear, the nervousness that you have in your heart, and just say, be obedient and say, God, if this is what you're asking me to do, I'm going to do it and write down on there what you're believing for. Uh, as a team, as a leadership team, we're gonna rip off the top of those envelopes and you're gonna have a team of people behind you praying for you and believing with you for breakthrough. And we are excited about the testimonies that are gonna be coming. We know that they're gonna be good and we know that this whole place is gonna go higher. Faith is gonna be built, breakthrough is gonna be received and we are going to have testimonies overflowing that's going to build more faith, that's going to lead people into stepping out and taking more risk, and God's kingdom is going to move forward. We believe it. This might be the first time for you that you've ever given. For most of us, it's not. Um, but this is not a shameful thing. We're just going to step out together and take this risk. So there's a lot of ways to give. Um, we're going to put up that slide that talks about that. So you can do cash or check inside the envelope. Everyone should have an envelope no matter how you're giving. You should have an envelope so that you can write on there. If you've given online, if you've given through text give, we still want to hear from you about what it is that you're believing for. If there's anybody here who needs an envelope, would you raise your hand? 
We got one, two, three. There's a bunch of them. Okay, so here they're coming. Keep your hand up if you didn't get one. If you don't have a pen, borrow one from someone close to you. Um, for those of you who are listening online, we have a lot of people who tune into our podcasts from all around the country. If you are looking to give, on, uh, then you can go on to our website, newhopecom.org. You can click on Give, and there's a little place for you to write a memo in there of what it is that you're believing for breakthrough for. We will be standing with you and believing for breakthrough for you, too, even if you're not here. Steve and I were approached by someone um, last week who said, you know, I, wa I want to give $1,000, but I'm waiting for my tax return to come. It's going to be coming in a few weeks. Um, can I give it in a few weeks? Yes, you can. Hang, um, if you're going to do it that way, then just write a little note inside your envelope with the date that you're planning to give on um, and explain in there that you'll be giving on a future date and put, your, put what you're believing for breakthrough for in there. And then we'll just believe you that you're going to follow through with that. So um, you have all these opportunities. You have uh, cash or check. If you're going to give via credit card, you can just fill it out in, right on the envelope. Uh, you can also text give if you'd rather do that. You just text to that number, 844-899-9907. And you, and you text breakthrough and then a number, of the, which is the amount you're going to give. And you would just put that right in the envelope. Say that you gave online or through Secure Give. Uh, you can download the app. You can give online right from your phone right now, whatever is easiest for you. All right? All right, so we're believing, we're believing together for this. I want everybody to stand with me. If you're writing on your envelope, feel free to take a minute and finish that up. If you have your envelope, just hold it up to the Lord. All right, are you ready? <laughs> Jesus, we are believing for breakthrough. Jesus, we are believing for breakthrough. We are taking a risk. We're stepping out in faith. Because we trust you. And we know that you will come through. And our hearts are to bless the kingdom. Because we have the heart of the king. All right, we're going to just worship together before we uh, receive this. I want you to, we, we have the words that are going to be up here on the screen. Josiah found this song, and I felt like it was just so appropriate for this week. It's one that you've probably never heard before. It was just, most, just released a week ago, probably because God knew we were doing Breakthrough Sunday, and he was like, oh, here's a cool song for you guys. <laughs> All right, so just join with us in worship, and then I'll come back up, and I'll explain what we're going to do next.
trust you for greater things. You're taking us higher and higher and higher. You never fail, Jesus. You always come through. So right now, we're going to have a few people uh, come up front here who are going to be receiving the offering. You guys are going to be bringing your breakthrough offering up front here. This beautiful risk that you're taking, we are so excited to stand with you. And we are going to have a few people who we just know represent a, a generous heart. There's many, many here that we could pick from, but we just picked a few. We're going to have um, Ralph, Ralph and Wanda come up here. Wanda's downstairs. Okay, so Ralph is going to be here. Um, we have Mark and Char DeCorey. Char's sick, so we have Mark. Um, Karen and John, but John's away, so we have Karen. <laughs> what's, what's going on here? <laughs> we have Grace Cummings coming up. And then Steve and I are going to be here. You guys can keep the music playing. So we're just going to keep playing this same song throughout this whole time. Everybody here is going to um, take 30 seconds, a minute, just pray with you, believe with you for breakthrough. So as you come up and you drop your envelope in there, um, we are going to stand with you and believe with you for breakthrough. All right? All right. On your faithfulness My hope is held In your promises I take each step With your confidence Cause I am yours I am Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. Feel free to contact us for further resources at newhopecom.org.